fly list. No fly list. As far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. If you're on that list, 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 list. The most problematic thing is, is that any, any, anyone can be under the investigation of the FBI. FBI, FBI. FBI, FBI. And I know that something really good is going to come out of all of this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the No Fly List. This is season two. It has been a while. We've been on a hiatus. Welcome back to any listeners from the first season. We had so many amazing guests. Um, Part of the reason we've been on hiatus is because my co-host, Layla, has been off doing awesome journalism things. And that's the official term. And uh, we haven't been in the same place to be able to record, but I do have a special treat for you. But before I get to that, just want to tell any new listeners out there what this podcast is. Um, so we are the No Fly List. My name is Ahir. I'm your co-host. I'm a comedian. And uh, in, in some regards, <laughs> um, so the No Fly List, we interview other like comedians, artists, and other interesting people of color, talk about know you know what it's like being brown in america and all that fun stuff um but i am so excited to bring to you a new co-host which is the reason i'm able to make this happen again and bring this podcast back she is uh an awesome comedian friend we met at the green room of an all-female brown show shout out facial recognition it's an awesome show that brought us all together um she is awesome person gave me my first crystal and we bonded and became besties ever since so please help me welcome amama sardar yay hello i did give you your first crystal i know you're the reason i'm hooked now it's a thing i'm I'm a crystal lady. I don't know if that's like, there's a cat lady equivalent. <laughs> I think there is because uh, I have like 20 crystals in my room, but none of them protect me from coronavirus is uh, what I've realized. They haven't done the research. I feel like they might. They might. Yeah, we should do the research. So Amama, what better time to start this podcast in the middle of a pandemic when you're like, hey, what else do we got going on? People, people can sit and listen, but how have you been holding up? I've been good. I've been in Brooklyn, so I am at the epicenter of the pandemic. Uh, I think it's it's great because all, like every morning I hear sirens, and then every afternoon it's just been sirens all day. But it's been less less like past few days, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been fine. Knock on wood. I don't yeah, want to say it's dude, been I, fine. I don't know how. Like I kind of ran ran away right as the quarantine was about to happen. I was so coming to smart. visit my parents in Alabama anyway, and then everything kind of shut down. I was like, well, I guess I'm not coming back for a little while. But I miss New York. But it feels so weird to like be back here and kind of like living with my parents and like sleeping on a couch for a mattress and like I don't know it's it's been an adjustment but all the people have been doing a lot of like virtual comedy shows and stuff which has been keeping me sane um and you've been doing some awesome writing a lot of satire and cool stuff that I've seen yeah I've been I I think the benefit of me being here is just that I have so much time alone that I just have to force myself (laughs) to do like or else I'm going to talk to my crystals like I have to like do something to make like (laughs) I I have talked to my crystals already oh maybe that'll be my next step I have like my my humidifier my essential oil mister that I got this like potion from this shop enchanted um like the lower east side it's super cool they have all these like really cool um, like they'll mix like your own little like potion. That's what, I don't know. It's like a really cool oh, shop. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and yeah, my family has banned me from lighting my Palo Santo in the house because supposedly they're allergic to Can good vibes. Allergic? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I don't know. So I have resorted. I was like, well, good thing I brought up a backup Palo Santo oil jokes on you guys. Um, I love that brown families are like, no, this is our stuff, but you can't use it in the house. Like our ancestors did, but you're not allowed to. Right. Like, I'm like, guys, this is what, yeah. Like burning sage was something like sage is something that comes from our part of the world anyway. I'm like, and they just, I think the white people just co-opted the whole like thing. And then now we're like, all right, we're not going to touch it. You ruined it for all of us. 
And honestly, I think after this, white people are going to create a store that's like ginger turmeric or whatever. And they're going to be like, it's the oh cure. Oh my God. I and know. That's already a thing. I feel like when I went to LA, yeah, like those little like cure shot, whatever yeah. wellness shots. I'm like, God, my grandma's been making this forever. <laughs> and my grandma didn't charge me $10. Like Exactly. Is, she did it for um, free. Oh my God. I have been though productive during this pandemic. I really didn't think I was going to do shit, but watch TV and like binge stuff. But I think I've just been like antsy because I didn't realize how much time it took up to be on stage like at night, like, right. Like we're just out every night. It's exhausting. You get home like super late and then like, there's not time to do anything else, even like comedy related or writing or whatever. So this has actually been kind of like a good break in a way to be able to focus on other stuff. I don't know if you feel the same. Um, honestly, it's been really nice to just take a break from everything. Cause you're right. Like we just yeah. we work all day at night. We do shows. The only thing I'm having trouble with is like not eating everything. And I eat all of it like two days in and I'm not even working out. So I need to like figure out a balance. I know it's hard when you're home and then you're like stress eating. There's like chocolate, especially like I'm with my parents. I'm like, well, I can't, I'm in a, I'm in a sober household. I feel like I'm in like some sort of rehab. That sounds bad. <laughs> There's no drinking, no smoking, nothing. So I'm like, all right, I'm having my my chai right now. That's like my my treat. My only treat is like sugar and caffeine right now. I feel like I'm in a Mormon household. No, but it's good. I, I drink no way, a bottle of wine. Have, no way, that's a whole thing. I don't know. Apparently, it's not the caffeine. I've been corrected. Sorry, any Mormon listeners. No <laughs> offense, Mormons, the other the other white Muslim. <laughs> Well, let's, you want to start our, our first segment. I, we have a segment called the no fly list, no fly list. And this is where we put people who actually belong on a no fly list on a ban list, basically our shit list. Um, I don't know, Amama, do you ha I know there's a lot of shitty people out in the world right now. Um, anyone yeah. in particular you want to highlight? <laughs> I made a list on Twitter and I, I listed all the people who've been like doing a really shitty job during, for like the pandemic, like uh, senators who sold stock, the president, all the Republicans. And then on that list, I also put my first grade teacher who didn't let me go to the <laughs> And then I peed in my pants. No, so. That is the worst one of them all. Honestly. Exactly. So she would be, if she's trying to go to Italy where like she used to live, like I which she can't, I'm so sorry for anyone in Italy, but I would put oh, her no. in, on the no-fly list above um, above oh, the GOP. Oh my God, that is pretty bad. You peed yourself in class? Why wouldn't she let you go to the bathroom? Because she thought I was like, like just trying to get out of art, which is true, because I didn't like art. Now I do. <laughs> now I'm a great colorer. Like, if only she could see me now. Was that experience, like, it made you, like, take art more seriously after that? It transformed you? <laughs> no, it made me go to the bathroom more seriously. <laughs> you gotta like, empty your bladder, folks. Go. Like, now gotta... at night, I'm, like, terrified of peeing. It's terrified of peeing my pants. So I have to, like, go right before I go to sleep because it would just be so embarrassing. Has that ever happened to you? I don't think counts. Like, as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> So far, no, but I don't want to say no, and then I pee my pants tonight. <laughs> Maybe tonight is the night. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of peeing your pants, should we bring on our next guest? We should. You know, I'm just shaking her head. She hates me so much. We're on Zoom right now, guys. So if the audio is a little wonky, sorry, we're in a pandemic. This is the best we can do right now. But we, the cool thing is we will be putting out some videos and stuff, and um, that'll be nice to be able to see our guest. So I am... So, so excited. Um, oh, can I just say also, sorry, like, thank you, Mama, for like pushing me to like do this again, because I love doing this podcast. And I'm so glad that we're doing it together. And so thank you. Thank you for being my new co-host. I'm so excited. Thank you. This is gonna be so fun. This is fun. Yeah. So we've got an, a third brown lady on today. She's also a really good friend of ours. She's a comedian and writer. Um, we've toured together recently on the Walla She's Funny tour. Heard of it? You should look it up. It's going to come back eventually when COVID goes away. Inshallah. <laughs> Please help me welcome. Oh, she's also an actress. Um, does a million awesome things. Help me welcome Sabine Sadie. Yay. Hi. Oh my God. Hey guys, stop it at fear. Live How are from you? Chicago from her childhood bedroom. Yeah. yeah from my bedroom. <laughs> Which we thought was a bathroom before. 
and it totally isn't. I get it. It's the, the sliding door mirrors closet thing that does. It threw us off. It threw us off. We weren't judging before. You know, we weren't. If you're in a bathroom, that's fine. That's the only place I can get privacy in this house. Well, I so I totally get it. I bathroom yesterday. So it's like, I should be recording in there. You know, it's beautiful. <laughs> the sound quality is amazing. Oh, yeah. How are you holding up, Sabine? I'm, I'm doing good. I, okay. I, I like hanging out with my parents. So it's been, <laughs> they haven't out of here. my mind yet. We're okay. almost there. I feel like it comes in, in like waves a little bit, but mostly it's been, been good. Like my dad will wake up and he'll just be like, who wants beef, sausage and eggs? And like, I'm like, yeah. And it's just, we have a good time. Aww. What have you guys been like? Have you guys been like watching movies or just eating yes. beef, sausages and eggs? <laughs> a lot of the halal sausage halal sausage <laughs> but like yeah we're watching um I'm forcing everyone to watch Bollywood movies my mom didn't grow up on them my dad did not but my sister did like my older sister because she was just really into Bollywood and she's not in the house so I was like I kind of want to revisit everything she showed me when I was little Oh, that's amazing. I've, I, I love how it's watching. you forcing them, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. My dad was like, what is it? What's going on? You're you're watching Bollywood? And I'm like, are you an old white man? Like, who are you? <laughs> What's also great is, like, they're, like, four-hour-long movies. <laughs> so you're, you can only really watch, like, two at most, I think. Yeah. We had to pause for Maghrib and, like, <laughs> <laughs> explain to our Hawaii listeners what that is to be we had to pause for prayer for our we have five prayers guys bollywood films are bound to cut into at least three of them (laughs) mugrib's one of my favorites because it's shorter than the rest oh yeah (laughs) man it's been so long since i prayed like at least formally like you know i yeah sans crystals yeah. <laughs> we have a good Muslim in Sabine. Sabine yeah, Sabine is our good Muslim that we are trying to corrupt. Um, at least I am. <laughs> I am barely a good. I do. Okay, like, I. Feel in comparison like, to us. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. You are. But, like, I feel like it's a, you find your spirituality in different ways. And for me, it's like my crystals is like prayer. Cause I'm like, okay, like, I feel a connection. I feel, I feel good. I just feel grounded. Was there ever like a time where you didn't? Because I used to, I used to pray like really religiously, which is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I used to pray hard. I did so too. Hard. Yeah, and then I stopped in college, and I just haven't like. But was there? Did you ever take a break, or have you like? Oh yeah, I'm for sure. Because because even that fluctuates. I feel like it's so hard to stay consistent with it. Uh, in college, I I took a break too. I mean, I studied abroad and. I was partying in Hungary, so I was <laughs> Sabine's wild days. I can't even imagine. <laughs> wild days. Um, yeah, even like when I went to college, like in, in the States too, I, I was, um, I feel like I wasn't really, I still felt like the, con- like the spiritual connection, like I was still like reciting the Aytul Kursi, which is just like verses from the Quran and like, I'll recite things in my head, but I maybe wasn't praying as much. Um, yeah, I got back to it later. And I was telling a theory yesterday, like my, I feel like I'm more connected to religion because my mom was, remember I was telling you, she was like, basically my mom wasn't like, every time I asked her a question when I was little, I'd be like, mom, like, can I do this? Or can I do that? She'd be like, ask, or like, like, tell me about this. She'd be like, ask Allah, go ask Allah. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Like she always outsourced her job. And I love that. (laughs) I was like, okay, if you don't want a parent, I'll go talk to God then. All right. Like, is that one? So it was out of necessity. You just needed another parent around. Yeah. She always did that. She was like, yo, you, you figure it out with God. Like, I don't have time for this. What type of questions? Cause I imagine if you're like, can I have some peanut butter? And she was like, ask Allah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> like everything. I don't even remember. I just remember like anything, like if I had any like arguments with a friend or like, you know, like Nina has been like. I don't know. We're not getting along. I don't know what to do. She'll she'd be like, ask a lot. I'm like, oh God. Like, oh, that's really sweet. I like that. It's actually really nice. It's nice, but it's very confusing as like an adolescent. Like you're because you're just like I have no idea what's going on. I can't even figure out my own hormones. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I feel like during this period too, I've I've become more like spiritual and like I, I don't know. It's like a totally totally different me. And so I'm reading this book on like. Um, so Osho's book on like love and loneliness and being lonely, whatever, or like loneliness, what is it called? 
loneliness and freedom. I, I've sent it to all of you, I'm sure. And I'm like, it's been really awesome. And it's saying how like love is God and, you know, God is within you. So whenever like, like your intuition is kind of like you connecting to God and your spirituality and that's what leads you to know the answer. Because obviously if you ask God, like it's, you really have to then like be connected to actually understand like what the answer is. It's not like God is going to like speak to you and be like, yeah, Sabine, you know, cut, you know, whatever, Jennifer out as a friend. <laughs> Just imagine like a voice coming from above. Yeah. God is like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get the, the haram police. I am not going <laughs> to. Nice try, Sabine. Nice try. I am not going to be trying to do the voice of God. Astaghfirullah. Um. <laughs> I know we, we have some, like, I have like some things where I'm like, no, no, I will go to hell if there is, yeah. like, I can't. Yeah. I'm like, if there is a hell, I'm definitely going. So, but I don't want to like make it worse. Like, I don't want to be on like the hottest level. <laughs> there's le Oh yeah. There's levels, right? There's levels, there's levels, levels of heaven, levels of hell. We really like ranking in, in, in our in religion. I think I would be the lowest level of heaven. Um, but the high or the highest level of hell no, I mean highest is at least hot I feel like this is like do you guys ever feel like even though I'm not really religious but when something bad happens I'm like oh god is god punishing me right now or like all the oh. time that's like my first thought I feel like like I did something to deserve this <laughs> like yeah it's karma or whatever god like being like well it's here this is for all the fedger prayers that you skipped <laughs> <laughs> well like ramadan's coming up and i don't i don't like i have nothing to do because usually i would be like i'm working all day and now I'm, I'm like out all night so now i'm just like should i like fast for the first time in like 10 years oh my I, god i, I know I like. i'm like i'm home anyway yeah i don't it's, do well without my coffee though yeah you, you could drink coffee it. in the morning yeah. that's what i was doing i was like waking up early drinking coffee pretending to go back to bed because i you can't sleep after that and then and then just fasting the whole day but it's like it's really good because it, it just cleans out your body it does i'm like the religious auntie i don't like it i'm not religious just gotta put that <laughs> <in>. <laughs> i'm not guys i'm really i'm not i'm, I'm just cool. like hey i'm cool hey, hey i'm you a, can... a cool auntie guys i'm cool <laughs> that's why I, yeah that's why I love you can the tell word. me you're <laughs> i love the word spiritual because that makes you cool like it's it just, lets you that's off the true. hook i'm just that's spiritual <laughs> Because yeah. religious comes across as like, oh, we shouldn't invite Sabine out because yeah. she may tell on us. Kind of. Sabine's gonna knock the drink out of our hand and be yeah. like, "What is this?" You just like put <laughs> like water in your hand, which is probably what we need to be honest. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no. Sabine's like the least judgmental person. Like, and obviously, we wouldn't be friends if you yeah. were like one of those haram police people who like to tell everyone what they're doing. Not that you're like that at all, but there are people like that. Dude, that's obnoxious. Uh, that's obnoxious. I can't. I don't judge. So when people judge me, I get pissed. I like, there's no judgments need to happen. Which is the right way to like uh, practice anything that you're practicing. That's like the point of it is to not judge. So yeah. Did, did you ever go to, um, like, did either, I talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I went to an Islamic school for a year, year round, uh, year round. And that's what kind of turned me off like day, every single day, not just Sunday school. And that was like a turning point for me. I was like, uh, I'm not down with this because they just shove it down your throat in a way that's like, ugh. like, I know that the religion is not like that now as an adult, but the way they taught it was very like, you know, there's a Quran something. <laughs> there's Bible. That's what it was. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Yeah, I feel like it was like I, I went to Sunday school and um, and it just felt very mechanical. Like they, they they weren't focused on your connection with Allah. It was like, I mean, some stuff was good. It was like we're reading about the prophet stories and like you were, were memorizing verses, which was nice. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was being like shoved down our throats. And it wasn't like in a way where they were teaching us to love the religion. It was just fear based. Sabine, are you from Pakistan? Yeah. Yeah, because I went to, in, on Long Island, there's like a large Pakistani community. So like I went to a Sunday school, but all they did was ta like teach us how to be good wives. Wait, what is that? It was just a home ec class? <laughs> yes, it really was. It was like a home ec class, but like enforcing like outdated things that you were like, wait, the religion doesn't really teach this, but they would be like, this is how you make chicken and this is how you sew your husband's pants. And I used to um, cut class. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, I used to cut class and go to the back. Yeah. And I used to try to like get, I used to like get girls in trouble because I'd be like, oh, come with me. And I'd just be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and that, I got kicked out. So, so. Oh my God. That's, That's so funny. Hilarious. I had my, my two favorite things about Islamic school were we had like halal uh, rice krispie treats. Rice krispie. Oh my yeah. God. In the bookstore. So I would just be like just all day, just like waiting to go to the bookstore and buy them. And also like the prayer, the women's prayer section was upstairs. And so I had a crush and I would stare at him from the balcony. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's like, yeah. Every single Sunday I would just sit there and watch. And one day he looked up at me and I just like ran away. (laughs) Like a Muslim like Romeo and Juliet or like Rapunzel, a Muslim Rapunzel. (laughs) Have you seen him since in in the years since? I have. And I always wonder if he knows it was me. I just... I feel like my face has changed, but there's a, there's a possibility. (laughs) Are you, so you're still in the, okay. So you grew up in Chicago, right? Yeah. And there's like, when I went to Chicago, I was so amazed that like, there's a huge, like I grew up in Alabama, obviously like the, the selection of Muslims was very small and very insular, but like, I was amazed when I came to Chicago that there were all a whole wide spectrum of Muslims. So it didn't feel like you know, you could only be a part of like one group and it, it felt like more, um, I don't know, I guess there's a variety of different people. So not everybody like believed the same way or practiced the same way, which I thought was like really cool. Um, and I was just like amazed how many like young, cool Muslims there were when like we were on tour and I was like, wow, this is like so different. And like a mom, you grew up in like New York or Long Island. I imagine it's still like a bigger community. So that, I think that made a huge difference. Like if I grew up in that kind of community, I think it would have been like, slightly different yeah I think my community I don't know if this is true for you Sabine but like it was kind of small on Long Island and it was really gossipy and I think that just turned me away like I'm really into Sufism lately and a lot so so I've been like and that's part of Islam so I have been like looking into that but I think a lot of our community was like very um Sunni and just very very strict about it very strict I felt like, dude, Sufism is so cool. If you could, like, it is a part of, you could be a Sunni Sufi, like, it's so Yeah, awesome. we had a Sufi, we talked about this a couple times on season one. Check it out, guys. We have Saks Efridi and Roxanne Zadeh. We talked about Sufism, and it was super cool. Yeah. Um, but maybe we'll bring, ooh, I have, like, a perfect idea for a guest that we could bring on uh, to talk about it, but... Yeah, Sabine, could you just log off and? Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for. Not- <laughs> thank right you, now. everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Sabine. Sabine. Just bringing my A game right now for you. Well, Sabine, um, <laughs> I know we're talking about you stalking men at <laughs> one boy. This <laughs> is the prayer section. One boy. <laughs> one boy. Fine, fine. First of all, there was no one cute in my Islamic school. We were Same. like seven people seven people in my class yeah and there was like two boys and they were like from Saudi and like their dad was the principal and they were like creepy oh, um, I thought you anyway. were gonna say their dad was the prince I was like okay <laughs> probably honestly <laughs> who knows probably um but we have uh, a dating a dating segment um Amama do you want to take the lead yes. on this one explain um, it's called Fifty Shades of Brown, yay! And it's where we take uh, dating questions, usually from brown people. Uh, so we actually put the call out because we were like, everyone's in quarantine, so send us your questions. And we got some really fun ones. Um, Athir, do you want to share? The, and we'll answer Ooh, all your okay. questions. Okay, Sabine, get your relationship uh, cap on. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, I think this one. This comes from a brown person, um, but the question is, I'll phrase it in their uh, words, why do fools be ghosting instead of flat out be straightforward? (laughs) Uh, Hmm. Okay, that's general. I mean, I I don't know why guys ghost. I... I feel like I'll ghost sometimes if the last Well, this time- is a guy asking, so I'm guessing it's a girl yeah. that's ghosting oh, Okay. Yeah, that sounds like so a very- People be ghosting. Um, I feel like, okay, like I, I would ghost a guy if like my previous conversation with a different guy was like sour. Because usually if, if it's me saying, hey, I don't think that this is going anywhere, I don't want to talk. 
like I like sometimes dudes will just be really aggressive about it and they'll be like oh well you know what you were the worst anyway or like you know like why what mm-hmm. happened what don't you like and I'm like oh god this is I should have ghosted and that's why I would do it but I try not to ghost now but I, I try not to. I try to be real. I try to say it in like a kind way. Like at the end, I'll always be like, good luck on your journey. I hope you find someone great. And I'm like, <laughs> luck on your journey. You're such a good luck on your future endeavors. <laughs> but then, no, you know, I, I love you with like you. I, just... I, I bet you that like, makes like me even more mad. Just like, really, bitch? Like, what did you just say? Like, I don't know. I'm not doing every, anything right. <laughs> so do you, we know why people ghost? I have, I have some theories. Me too. Yeah, what are your theories? If you're listening and you're ghosting, I think it's because people just are too Have you scared. ghosted someone, first of all? A- absolutely, I have. Do you, you know my emotional range. It's so yeah. like... <laughs> Um, I do, I don't do it anymore. But the listeners don't, and they're about to. (laughs) Yeah, you'll find out this season that I have very little, I'm working on my emotions. This is going to, this whole season, that's what we'll do is just work on emotions. Um, This is one long therapy session. (laughs) I start crying at the end. Um, I think I did in the beginning because I just like didn't want to, I hate confrontation. So it's just easier to like not do it. But then now that I like it, now I'll just be like, no, I'm not into this. That was my emotional range. For this yeah. Time. No, I mean, the thing is, like, you're a very emotionally intelligent person and are someone, like, really plugged in with their emotions. But even then, we can be afraid to express them and be vulnerable with somebody else. And I think, um, you know, I, I've only recently started – I don't think – I've only ghosted someone, too, who was, like, being a little, like, aggressive online. And I was like, oh, I don't want to respond to this person because I know that they're going to respond in an even more aggressive way. So same reason. Um, this person who, who submitted a question, I know them. they're very gentle and sweet and, like, is not someone. But sometimes, like, yeah, people just think, hey, it's easier for me to not respond. Um, also, like people are afraid of intimacy a lot of times, or a lot of like avoidant people, which I know I've talked a lot with my friends about this book, Attached, which you must read. Girls, if you're like, why does this guy keep running away from me or what, or like girls or guys, but I found the book Attached like answered so many of my questions about relationships. Dear um, sends us paragraphs from I Attached. I send everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're very helpful. They are, they are. But it's so illuminating. I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. So part of it, one, is like a person who's already avoided and scared of intimacy. They're not going to like, um, you know, crop up and be honest with you and straightforward. Um, definitely the scared thing. I think that can happen to any of us, like just being kind of scared. And it's like, it is easier. But then like, it is easier, but it also depends like, if you only saw them once, for example, like, do you need, does it warrant a response? Or if it's someone you've been seeing for a while and they ghost you, like, that's messed up. Like, if it's been, like, a repeated, like, if you've been seeing each other for a few dates or something and you just, like, disappear on them. But I also try not to do that because I know it's, like, super hurtful when it happens to me. And I rather people just know and be straightforward with them. Also, like, if you lead by example, hopefully other people will pay that forward and not be a dick in their next, like, relationship. Yeah, which is, I think, I think it just takes a few years to get to that point. It's like you have yeah. to, like, you've gone through it a bunch, and then you feel, like, bad for yourself, and that's when mm-hmm. you're like, all right, now I'm going to not do that. Lately, okay, lately my thing about not ghosting has been, like, I just like having, like, a conclusive ending to something, you know, just for, like, my own sake, where I'm like, okay, I want to just, we both like know. closure. Yes. Yeah, closure, and I'm like, I just did it. I took control took the lead now I can go to the next thing like I don't have to sit here and the feel, next guy you know it's like really helpful yeah. to you not, to not ghost um I have a question that you had, um so few questions that I got were can you set me up with someone and I was like not right now <laughs> Probably <laughs> this is not idea. that platform no <laughs> but like I love doing that so yes to Max who asked I will set you up at some point um <laughs> What's something that you hear all the time from men that you roll your eyes at? Anytime someone's trying to explain something to me. <laughs> mm, mansplaining? Yeah, that's major turn off. Major turn off. I think if they like talk about, yeah, any kind of uh, like 
uh, narcissistic behavior, just talking about themselves. I'm no longer engaged, folks. So this is all coming from a single, like, somewhat jaded, uh, trying to find, hence the crystals and spirituality, by the way. So last season, I would talk all the time about, yeah, I'm like, well, in my perfect relationship. No, I, I was never like, I was aware that it was bad. And I talked about, I mean, or that we have problems. I acknowledge that I just didn't realize to what extent. Um, and we were in couples therapy for a while. So a lot of this is like informed by that and by going through a lot of shit. Um, luckily it's like been almost a year that I can like talk about it and not be emotional and it's not coming from a super jaded place, but somewhat I'm still like, eh, like I'm, I'm, it's, it's coming from a different angle than it would have like last last season so um maybe this will be our my new like uh match me matchmaking platform (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah role yeah anything like that's like just talking about themselves or like on hinge like i was on that briefly and uh (laughs) and people would just be like if you tell them you're a comedian they're like tell me oh you can be my private comedian you can tell me guys (laughs) never say that i do not i'm we do this professionally for a living. I'm not gonna like uh, sit there and be your like court gesture and like that's, yeah. that is not cute. Do guys say that to you guys ever? Oh, they'll always be like, tell me a joke or you probably hate it when guys tell you to tell you a, tell a joke. And I'm like, I don't like, like, it's just like, I don't know what reaction I'm looking for after I say it, but it's more like, I just want them to know and then we just can- like, oh, cool, move on. Yeah. yeah, but they never move on. <laughs> yeah, and they also yeah. like, Sometimes people are like, oh, I also feel like I could have done it. And like a lot oh of my, my friends, like, and I hate that. Why do they all say that? Why do they all say that? That's it's like, like I never. Joke that she does where she's like, men are too confident. And they literally always say how they could have done comedy. It's like. Yeah. I've never met a dentist. I'm like, oh yeah, all my friends said that I could be a dentist. If you just, let me try it out, man. <laughs> Let's see I um, Actually, you guys remind me like right after like my breakup, like this is the first time I was like hanging out at this like. Uh, party and this like white dude comes up to me and then we start talking it was like the end of the night and I was just like tired of talking to anybody and I was like all right fine I'll talk to this guy and then when he found out I was a comedian he's like oh well uh I uh, I've been thinking about doing comedy and I was like dude the last thing the world needs right now is another white guy's opinions please don't do comedy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was bold and maybe me. I don't know. I was I was just like so anti like men at the at that time. And I'm kind of I've retreated back now in my little like cocoon of like non not wanting to date and stuff. But um, from a less emotionally charged place, I think. But but I, yeah, don't say to someone I want to do comedy if that like the first thing that that should not be the first thing or make me laugh. Like how like yeah how entitled do you think you are like how arrogant is that to be like make me laugh like I, you know if you're an accountant i'm like i'm not like do my taxes now show me show me what you do, <laughs> do <laughs> prove my- it to me what's really sad is someone on hinge said can i see your set and i was like yeah sure like i'm sad and i haven't done stand-up and he stopped talking to me after <laughs> so, <laughs> it just seems he was intimidated it's like oh no this did not go the way uh he was like that was uh interesting and i was like all right bye oh my god i send it like I, yeah i've been talking to guys on hinge and they'll be like oh like can i see your comedy then and i'm like yeah and it's funny because like i talk about having ibs on my um <laughs> my set and so I, it makes me kind of happy because I'm like well I guess I don't have to talk about it and you'll just go <laughs> now and that is a good way to get all everything out of the way and just have them know who you are in a sense yeah. because we're only showing a part of who we are on stage and a version of ourselves right yeah. but it is helpful to be like this is who I am like you might as well know now like um but I don't think guys care if a girl is funny guys are not looking for a girl to make them laugh like I read somewhere that guys think girls have a good sense of humor if they laugh at their jokes. Like yeah. that's their barometer. Not oh, if they so make sad. them laugh. It's but really can't you see it now? Like I think back to interactions. I'm like, oh yeah. You think I'm funny only if I laugh at your shit. <laughs> that makes me so because that's like every person I've ever been with is just like, oh yeah. <laughs> They're, they're all, I should have just ghosted all of them is what I'm realizing. No, I wouldn't do that. Well, I know Sabine, like for you, it's important to be with someone Muslim. And for me, like up until last year, until my, like 
breakup. Like I was about to marry someone because I put those things for me personally, I put the fact that they were Muslim, Palestinian, blah, blah, blah. My parents would accept them. I kind of put that first before my emotional needs. And I'm not saying those things are, are not things that I might want in a person, but now it's made me rank them differently. Like first screening is like, the, do they meet my emotional needs? And then like, okay, what, what are these other things about them that um, are important culturally, whatever. But I know like we talked about this a lot, like that must be hard finding someone also when we like limit it to like Muslim. It's like so hard in the dating pool. It's so, so, so hard. I mean, it's the same for me too, where it's like, I feel like I've put the Muslim thing like right at the top, but then I'm not filtering based on emotional needs and emotional intelligence. And I'm ending up like, you know, talking to these guys that just, there's just nothing going, they, they don't get what I'm saying. They're just talking at me. They don't know how to listen. They don't know how to be in relationships. Like it, like there's just, yeah, I, I'm now trying to like put the emotional needs right at the top <laughs> and then go, okay, now are you Muslim or not? And then right. from there, right. I mean, I've spent my whole life dating non-Muslim guys. And now I've just been like, okay, this is something that I, is going to be a part of my life for a while. Maybe I should find someone who also gets it, you know? Um, so that's just where I'm at with it. Have you also like kind of restricted based on like, like they have to be Pakistani or is it just? Never. No, my dad married like, uh, a white woman before he married my mom. So I feel like the parents don't care. (laughs) And then I genuinely don't care. Like I, like, I feel like I've dated different types of Muslims, like from different ethnic backgrounds. It's never been an issue. In fact, I like that because for me, it's kind of exciting to have, to like be able to learn about a different culture. I mean, mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but I'm, I don't like, I don't do that. I think that's weird. I mean, I think like- it's so interesting. Like with both, you're both Pakistani and you both told me separately that um, like the culture is not a big part of your lives or am I wrong? Like Palestinians are super nationalistic and it's all about culture. And for my parents, I think it's, or my mom, at least she'd probably rather me be with a Palestinian like Christian than a white Muslim, for example. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like the country in general, but like if you, if we go back like to, to what, what it means to be a Pakistani, I feel like there's really not much, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a young country. And I feel like the whole country has like issues with loving themselves like oh I feel absolutely like Pakistanis have a complex like we don't want people to know we are Pakistani tell me about that we're the opposite we're like Palestinians are like in your face because also we're like our existence is being threatened and people are yeah. trying to erase our identity so we're like hey guys we're here like this is but it's also we're so in your face about it but you come from like a culture that was like so historic and it's been around like there's roots you yeah. know that's true. I feel like we are defining our roots right now as Pakistani. Mm. I don't yeah. feel like there's. It any- is a young country. I didn't realize how young it was. Until, yeah, 1947. Like, it's that's like, crazy. 40s. And yeah. the other thing is like, so I think language is really important. Like, I think Urdu mm. to me is really, really important. And I like speak Urdu and Punjabi. So that's like, that I've always, no matter what, like, I, I would want someone to know my language, which is sometimes like, I still. Yeah only because uh, I was in Boston and Providence I was always around white dudes but now I'm like oh like it's cool to like expand and, and like meet people who do speak Urdu but I think in like Pakistan in general like so much like our my grandparents were in India then during the partition went to Pakistan and before that were in Syria so it is like we're just trying to figure out like our actual like roots in our family tree so it just it's still such a young country and Sabine's right like the complex is so intense like everyone just wants to be really western and really white and it's yeah anything but pakistani they just feel so inferior to everybody yeah did you ladies ever feel like you want like in school did you ever want to be white yeah i think so i mean i grew up in an all-white neighborhood so i didn't even realize like i would try to act like all the white girls around me or I, there were not any brown kids. Uh, there were maybe like two or three of them. And I was friends with them, but I feel like I was being judged by the white kids as as Indian. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and like, I, yeah, I guess like we all just grew up like, I mean, I played sports. I, I think I ended up being more whitewashed than, than I thought. <laughs> I think same because I 
like there were a few brown kids, but I was like, no, I'm too cool for those brown kids. Um, <laughs> well, they're like the nerdy brown kids. You're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be associated with I used to straighten my hair constantly. <gasps> Me too. And I that, was so yeah. embarrassed on my curly hair, and now we're all like letting it. Oh, yeah. Things. But like yeah. Thing, when it's curly, like I would straighten it, and it wouldn't straighten properly. So it was like Einstein when like his hair like is like electrocuted. It's like sticking up in every like direction. Yeah, and I think, like, I knew girls who would wear, like, the blue contacts, and I, I did, like, dance oh in school, so it's, like, yeah, yeah I was around um, other people, but then I also read a lot of Malcolm X, so by senior year, I was telling people that white people were racist, so lost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know about you guys, I distrust the white man, and that's when I lost all my friends. For me, I think, like, being around a lot of, like, southern white people who didn't have the same values as me I saw that as what white was and that's not fair because like now I live I've been in New York for 11 years and 12 years and like it's a totally different animal totally different like like variety of people so I shouldn't also like German but when I was a kid or when I was in school or in high school I was like especially like I moved back from Palestine to Alabama after 9-11 I'm like oh this is what like that was my representation of white and I'm like I don't want to fit in with this because it's not an open community it's not a welcoming and I you know I'm overgeneralizing but just from school like what I experienced and experienced some racism after that so for me I was like I don't want to be part of your club like great you don't want to have me I don't want to be in it um but I did straighten my hair but my mom was a hairstylist so she knew how to like straighten it properly but till this day she's like oh your hair looks so like whenever we go to someone's house or if it's like an event like she thinks it looks like unkempt if it's curly and I'm like well this is just what curly hair does it's not gonna all look in one one way like sure wait that's like a huge thing in the brown community they mm -hmm. I feel like they never they don't like curly hair because yeah they don't they, yeah, they, and I'm like, it took me a while to realize this because we're like after these like Western ideas of what beauty is, and I'm like, so now I'm like rebelliously like when my mom's like straighten your hair, I'm like no. <laughs> yeah, oh, 100. Like I will only do my hair curly, like if it's like a wedding or an event, and like all like the millennial and like younger women are like, oh my god, did you get your hair done? Like it looks so good, and I'm like, thank you. This is this like, is just now it's now it's in. Now it's it in. wasn't I, a long time yep. ago. I'm also the only person who has like. My hair right now is just a mess because I didn't shower, but um, I have <laughs> the curliest hair too. So like growing up, it was just like, oh, you should straighten yours because it's just, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's. Speaking of, of white people, um, shall we jump into our last segment? Yes. Uh, so this segment is called Keeping Up with the Caucasians. I think I was supposed to say that with a theater, but I, I live with all Caucasians. She's with all the cocks, the Caucasians, <laughs> the caucuses. Um, so this is a segment where we talk about things that white people do and whether we as brown folks do those things as well. So Sabine, we have different categories um, that you can choose from since you are our guest of honor. So I'm going to go, I'm going to name some categories and then you get to choose. So we have food or beverage, pop culture, TV, um, music, style and clothes, activities, phrases or sayings, um, style and clothes, miscellaneous, style, style and clothes. Okay. I'm going to talk about this culture, one because yeah, I know Sabine does this. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> we, we can have, we have an, we can have a combo about it. Thrifting. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have many thoughts, but you'd have to tell me. Yes. Tell our listeners. I love thrifting. I am like a, I love a good dirty outfit that I have to take home and put on. I am so excited. You find a piece of clothing that you can't get anywhere else anymore and it has like a history to it and people have worn it and it just feels like there's like a connection to it, you know? Oh, that's so sweet. I just look at it as like, this is cheap and I guess I'll like take it, but usually all the vintage stores are so expensive. All the thrift stores are yeah, so Yeah, some are so expensive. The vintage stores are super expensive. I know this is supposed to be keeping up with the Caucasians, but what's your like, your thing for like, finding a good thrift find? Because I never do. Oh, well, I mean, I feel like I have to, uh, it, it's hard. So like some, it depends on what I'm looking for, but usually if it's something that's like, colorful and fun that I feel like I wouldn't buy normally and mm -hmm. when I buy something like that then I I feel like it it just it ends up making an outfit for me I feel mm -hmm. so much more stylish I don't know um 
I try not to get basics, but does a mama do do you do do you do the thrifting i do the thrifting now i just i take coupons to macy's and i do the, like you're bar i'm a bargain shopper too yeah like i'm, I'm a, a big huge, bargain yeah. hunter but i couldn't get into the thrifting. i went with sabine a few times and i was just like in my head because like my mom like i don't know they're like super like like they think of it as like dirty or like ew why would you do that and i'm like there are some cute stuff i tried and when we were in la we went to a really nice thrift shop and i like almost got this jacket well first of all my bag was about to explode because i didn't have any more space but i found something that was nice and i was like almost about to get it and then it just felt weird i'm just like i feel weird about like having something someone else own or wore there, yeah. i don't know now in the time of covid like you have to be kind of super careful but i don't know well, I was gonna get this leather jacket that looked so cool. It was so nice. Oh I my know. god! If I looked the way she looked in it, I would have bought that in like a second. And it was so cute. It was cool. You, we it have to go cool. back to LA, and we have to go find. They have a back thrift shop. Yeah, yeah. If you're but in LA, please go on Melrose. There's a thrift shop. And like, <laughs> also, the thing is, like, in Desi community, thrifting is, like, frowned upon, too, because in Pakistan, they don't buy old used clothing there, so they don't have that concept. So, to them, it's, like, if you're buying used clothing, you are very poor. But, like... Yeah, it is, like, a, definitely a classist thing. Oh, for yeah, sure. for sure. But I also... So I instead like, of a hipster thing where it's, like, oh, it's cool, like, yeah. brown folks don't get that. It's, like, that's I'm, gross. Like, my mom got into it because every time I'd wear something cute, she'd be, like, where'd you get it from? And I'd be, like... Salvation Army. Okay, so you're the whitest one out of us, Sabine. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> Should we we'll do one more? Yes. Sure. Cool. Cool. Okay, let's see. We've got, uh, I'll just say the, we got food, beverage, pop culture, TV, activities, trends. No, that one's not really. Phrases are saying you know, miscellaneous. Culture TV would be good. I don't know if you're asking me, but that's what I would say. This is a throwback. I mean, I need to update this list, but we've got Frasier on here. <laughs> oh, Frasier. It's a pretty okay, white you know show. what? I didn't, I've never actually seen Frasier. I haven't either. <laughs> you, you earn a point. No, I don't know. There's I'm no point. The <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen, I've seen every, oh, I'm the whitest, and I've seen every episode of Frasier at least yeah. twice. Well, okay, I have a funny story about Frasier. Uh, okay. My grandpa is from a mountaintop in Pakistan called Ghadari, and it takes, you have to, like, go up, like, a, a huge mountain to get to it, where you see other cars that have fallen, and people are just died getting up there, and, like, I went up there, and this village girl from the mountaintop was showing me around. She took me to one cabin, and she was like, uh, you want to watch something? And I was like, oh, you have a TV here? Because it's, like, there's no running anything in this village. There's only, like, a well <laughs> where you get your water from. There's an edge of a mountain if you want to jump. Like, it's scary. It's, like, <laughs> it's really scary but beautiful. And so I was like, yeah, sure, let's watch something. So we go inside and we sit down, and she has this, like, mini little TV, and it's, like, it's like it's all black and white and fuzzy and she's like yeah we're, let's watch Frasier and I was like what and like I was like I've never seen it and she was like oh it's a great show so <laughs> what okay so maybe it's like the Gujarat community hilarious. so something that well you know what's crazy like when I lived in Palestine we'd only get like well, early on, before, like, satellite TV, we'd only get, like, three, like, TV shows. So I was watching, not out of, like, want, but out of necessity, I would watch anything in English, which were The Bold and the Beautiful and, like, Days of Our Lives, like, soap operas and stuff that I would, like, never watch if I had an option of different channels. But it was just, like, whatever was in English, I would watch. Like, if Barney was on, like, I, like whatever, whatever I can understand, whatever was familiar. So I wonder if it was, like, or did she have, like, the whole, like, DVD set, like... Yeah. <laughs> The one. <laughs> Sabine's asking in the group. Sabine, you can talk. Also, I love you Sabine's guys, chatting. I, I have Corona. She, she keeps sneezing. Oh, she keeps sneezing, and like she's like, "Do I have Corona? Probably." Blowing I mean, my nose consistently throughout. You don't this have a cough. Right? You don't have a cough or a fever. No, I don't have a cough. I don't have a fever, but I am just—it's coming out of my nose. I have allergy. It might be allergies yeah. right now. The I'm pollen is crazy. Oh, that's why. Duh, because it's, like, nice out now. Yeah. Yeah. I have crazy allergy. I just sneezed, too, but I, I muted myself. I had the human decency. <laughs> I was like, nope, they're going to hear this. <laughs> you Make some chai. Put some honey, cinnamon, and just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's for sure what I'm going to do. 
guys speaking of like uh what's it called like brown uh like cures for corona my mom is, they're all in the same whatsapp group i swear to god she's sabina's like, also in that WhatsApp. Warm, oh. yeah she's like warm liquids and i'm like that's not gonna kill a virus so i'm like okay I but like i've been believing it. it my dad thinks that black seed oil will cure the oh, virus yes Hold on, where's my a mock? Yeah. <laughs> We've never even used that. I don't even know how to pronounce it. And that's what that's he's right, saying. That's right. We use it in like on chicken and seed oil. You have some? I, yeah, I put some it on my teddy grams in the morning. I don't know if that's what you're saying. <laughs> I'll show, I'll show it's really the teddy grams that cure corona. <laughs> so I just take a little teddy and then just put a little drop in. It because it's such a weird call. It's, it's so sad. Theodore. Yeah. Yeah. And just if you're gonna, I don't know why I'm like making you guys watch me do this. <laughs> so. What is black? Honestly, I've heard of black seed oil. I should know this as a nutritionist. Plug it's Kalonji. <laughs> Kalonji, yeah, Kalonji oil. Kalonji. Oh, but what is it like? What What's the? I mean, I don't. Guys, there's like a million yeah, theories well, about. In, in the Quran, it's like, uh, it's basically described as having healing powers to cure anything except I, for death. Except for death, yeah. So. Well, call up the CDC, folks. <laughs> Let them know. We've had, a, we've had a cure here all, all along. <laughs> um, guys, I'm sad we're doing a virtual show together tonight. You know, we're all okay, virtual yes, distancing. Um, I don't know how long this crazy thing is going to last, but um, me, Ali Sultan, Mo Yakub, Osama Siddiqui are doing like a weekly virtual distancing show every Saturday. So hit me up if you want the Zoom link. And tonight, Amama and Sabine are going to be on it. And it's going to be fun. The theme is going to be breakup. So I'm really going to get into it. Uh, yeah. Also, hey, can we plug buns and bits? Oh, yes. Yes. So um, Sabine and I are doing a weekly Instagram live open mic at six o'clock central time called Buns and Bits. Uh, which came from me and Sabine coincidentally having buns while we uh, video chat and do our bits um, on FaceTime. And so Amama will be on also, and we're going to do, it's a weekly thing. So Sabine, where, where can our folks check you out? Um, yeah, so just follow me on Instagram. It's at soybean dip. Um, and that's where the live, I'll, I'll initiate the Instagram live and you guys can hang and watch and comment if you're having a good time. And yeah. Cool, cool. And Amama, where can we find you? At Amama uh, Sardar on Instagram. I'm the only I don't know why I'm making you say this. I'm going to put it in the show notes anyway. Sorry, I always make people say it, but then, okay, guys, follow us at No Fly List Pod. We're going to be posting this on iTunes and all the platforms. Please give us a review on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Um, we also have a Patreon and, uh, you know, we're all like broke comics and can use uh, if you like what you hear, we could use, uh, throw us a few dollars a tip, you know, um, now that you're not spending money on restaurants and life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be putting out episodes pretty regularly and super excited. So yeah, follow us at No Fly List Pod. Um, you can email us any of your brown dating questions at nofilistpod at gmail.com. All this will be in the show notes. Thank you, Sabine. Thank you, Mama, for reviving the no-fly list. Yeah. See you guys tonight. Yep. Bye. Bye.